But last week we opened the podcast by talking about the potential tie in the NFL. And it's quite funny that the situation ended up being that that probably was going to happen if you saw it. Um, Carr said that they were just planning on ending up kneeling if if uh, the Chargers didn't call timeout. So just very ironic that the one time we talk about football on this podcast, um, there's actually a story to be had. It, it was so funny. And it was like we had talked about the podcast, and I will admittedly say when you mentioned it to us, Sean, on the podcast – I was like in another screen getting ready to like talk about something else. I didn't fully understand everything that you said. So I kind of just like Luke talked and understood it. And then I was, I saw, like, I kind of then after it was like, I asked Luke about it. I was like, wait, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, well, they can tie. And there's some funny thing. I was like, whatever. And then later that, it was at like, I don't know, like 11 or something that night, Central Time, 11, 11 30, I think. I'm not, it was late. And I just see everyone on Twitter going crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this weird like scenario. And so we put it on, I think, right before they went to overtime. And then it was just it was just nuts. And then uh, yeah, and then everything was ruined. I know because why? So did I didn't follow up on any of the press conferences. You kind of mentioned it, Sean, but like, did they? Why? I mean, was I'm sure there were questions asked about what happened, but why didn't they just like run out the clock? I mean, was there? Well, was the, just because the, the timeout. The, the Raiders had the ball. Like I think yeah. eventually they just decided to run the play. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't listen to any of the follow up. I just moved out into my life. But I, just I thought, thought it was, it was some- really funny. I thought it was something about how the co- the 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 Chargers coach took a timeout when the when the Raiders were planning to run out the clock, and then the Raiders just decided to well, we'll just run the play, and then they got within field goal range and kicked a field goal. Yeah, well, I mean, it does. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. But that was a yeah. fun yes, because also it would have been a scoregami, thirty-two, thirty-two would have been the first time in history of NFL that that score had. Ended in like the game had ended in thirty two thirty two tie. It's an absolute uh, waste. There were of so an many possibilities, and it was just all ruined. It was still fun though, I will say. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're we're a hockey podcast though. I don't know anything about yeah. football. Yeah. So we could reminisce on on last episode again with uh, with some hockey as well. Luke, do you have an update on your new boy, Rem Pitlick? <laughs> excuse excuse me. <laughs> Well, you know, clearly we identified an undervalued player in Montreal, pounced <laughs> on it. That's that's what I think happened right there. Yeah, we tweeted you know, about 200 actually, minutes of NHL time, and I, you know, had a take, and then bam, he's just nobody gets claimed on waivers. Who gets claimed on waivers these days? Rem Pitlick does. <laughs> that's who does. How many people have been claimed on waivers this year? I don't even know. It's uh, yeah, that was funny, and then we what people was didn't it? even claim take Rask. Victor Rask was on waivers. I, well, he also has like what three and a half million on his contract yeah, that's or true. something. Yeah, or four. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But it was funny that we, I don't know, Luke. So like we said, Luke randomly tweeted about Rem Pitley, like kind of maybe a little bit. Um, and then Sean informed me that he's shooting six forty. What sixty eight percent? Forty six. Forty six point four percent change. Six six for thirteen. He was. Yeah, and uh, then I kind of looked at it and uh, realized my the error in my ways, but. I like Rem Pitlick. He's been a fun player. He's kind of a scrappy player. Um, I mean, you know, Montreal's really bad, so it's not. Do we, gonna... want, do we want to move on to that? Because that was that was your team for a while. That well, was the, the kind of the juggernaut. Twins. Yeah. Well, no. Before anybody knew that they were juggernauts last year, you guys were on the bandwagon, and well, now yeah. after uh, the Leafs purposely <laughs> let the Coyotes win. They're last in the league, and I don't think we've talked enough about the Canadiens possibly being the worst team 
in the history of the NHL right now. Yeah, well, quickly, <laughs> I wanted to, just to follow up, I went and looked at this. We can continue talking about Montreal if we want, but Rem, Rem Pitlick played uh, against Chicago on the 13th. Uh, he played almost 19 minutes in no. that game. Yeah. And what, they, get, they his, play him in the first line? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But, uh, he yeah, he played 30% time on his percentage in that game. But his stat line, a bunch of zeros. And he had one takeaway and one hit. That was all he did in 19 minutes. Uh, no shots. Who was that against? Well, he's a very Chicago. selective shooter. He's like yeah. the reverse Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he's on their second line, their t- second line left wing per cap friendly's depth charts right now. Yeah, so he, um, he ahead was given, of Arturi Lekkinen. He was given ample opportunity in that first game. We'll keep watching him. Uh, but to get back to your um, thing, Sean, yeah, the Canadians are. Uh, Kind of hot garbage this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. Uh, I, did, no, I, don't, I don't think we saw this coming, but, no, you know. No. Was well, our, they were still – I mean, I, I've been still – I will get a tweet about this, about tracking the public models. I just, there's it, It's a whole thing. I, I've been trying to do this fancy table to, like, make it look nice to show where team where models are performing, underperforming, just taking forever. But Montreal is still easily the most under over-projected, I guess, team this year. Um, I don't think it's really close at this point because they're just still what I don't know they thirty percent winning percentage. I don't even know where they're at because we had them our our preseason projections for the Canadians. We had them projected at ninety three points, <laughs> and we now have them projected at sixty five. So that's almost a thirty percent. If you look at all of the public models too, they're by far well not by far the Kraken are I think the next where everyone was way off on the Kraken in the same direction. The same thing with the Canadians is true, is that basically no one predicted them to be this bad. And pretty much, I think they were like, pretty much had a pretty even spread around 90 points, somewhere in the middle of the, um, what division are they in? Could never, in the Atlantic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what's happened. It seems like everyone is just underperforming on the Canadians and... It's. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's coaching, um, what it is. Except for Arturi Lekkinen, um, the uh, front runner for the Selkie, aka. But <laughs> well, Sean, you've 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 gotten to see the or you've seen the Canadians a, a couple of times, haven't you? This year, I or at least watch. I try not to watch them. To be honest with, you. they're just oh. really bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've seen them. The, I mean, they they gave away their two best players, right, and then. Gallagher's been hurt, right? Yeah, yep. Right? Yeah, and then Carey Price is out. Granted, he hasn't had tremendous regular seasons lately, but... Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just looking at our, our GAR and, and XGAR uh, data this year, they have, I, I believe, somewhere around 10 players who have been above replacement level this year, um, which really is... Really that many? Ooh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and they top out about five GAR right now. I don't. I think it's like, I don't even know if they get to one war. One win um, among, I think it's like Lekkinen. Think, so you saw Bergman got a, a job somehow, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know how that Josh Anderson contract, it, nobody talks about it enough. Like, do people not realize Did how he, big of an yeah, anchor he is? I, I uh, forgot about that. I completely yeah, exactly. forgot about that. Like, you know, because he left Columbus oh, for many reasons. Five but, and a half? I could believe you. I honestly five and a half yeah, for you're... seven years. He was either going to go long or he was really going to bet on himself. I think for one year, and the Canadians were willing to give him a long term contract. And then, you know, and I like, I do like Josh, but as a person, like I think he's like 
you know, he seems like a nice guy. I've always rooted for his success. Like, he just – he got an injury, and he hasn't been the same since. Well, when did he sign that? I'm trying to think. So, uh, according to Cap Friendly, he signed that. That was October 2020, so it was a little over a year ago. Ooh, and he has been really bad. He hasn't – I mean, it wasn't like he was really, really good, then signed the contract, no. and then dropped off. He was not particularly great for the year or two before that. Well, he um, had a, he had a couple he had injuries, like, um, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah Mediocre yeah. years in 16-17 through 18-19, the 2018-2019, Sean, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and then he just yeah, he must have gotten injured in 2019-2020 somewhere around there. Is that when his injury happened? Anyway, yeah. That yes, is looking 19, like the 19-20 season, infamous 19-20 <laughs> season was specifically I think when everything really went down and it was talked whether or not he'd get traded at the deadline. Um, and there was like scouts. Uh, oh, he's so close, eh? To negative uh, 6.9 Gar since going to Montreal. <laughs> oh uh, but he got in a fight and in like, Ottawa, a, and that was even, yeah, it was just. He bad. has a modified no trade list, too. Eight team. <laughs> oh, yeah. His shout out to his agent. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean,. That's a that's a rough contract for Montreal. I mean, maybe he's able to turn it around, but he is currently he's twenty seven. So, but yeah, I the Canadians. I mean, yeah, everything just seems to have gone wrong for them this year. I don't really know. Um, well, it was it was kind of funny uh, when I was a couple days ago. Um, they announced the NHL the All Star rosters, at least the um, the main selections, and I was going through some rosters trying to see if I could figure out oh who who should be where um you know like <laughs> yeah like what because well first of all we'll get to this maybe a little bit but they had uh they named uh cam talbot to the all-star game over uh connor hellebuck uh in the central division which immediately was like what <laughs> and i went through i'm like oh yeah okay so we need to have two goalies from each division you need to have like the number of forwards and, and i was going through goaltenders and when i was doing this and, and a couple of like the metro was really hard because it was pretty tough to fit in all of the good players but i was in the uh, um the Atlantic in Montreal was one of the teams that I was like, I have no idea who should maybe be. I think because I think it's Nick Suzuki. I just looked is that was the selection um, who has been yeah. admittedly very good defensively the last couple of years. And and he's been kind of on that um, like that. I don't know. Are you know, the, the, the classic evolving wild Selkie watch list here and there. Not not always not in really in con- consideration, but uh, he's been good defensively. Sean is grimacing, but that's the case. He's been good. But I was like, even still, I was like, I don't know who. I mean, I I think it's like maybe Romanov. I think is maybe who I penciled in. Um, but also like I maybe Lekkinen too, who's having like a pretty good year, although like not in a way that like. So it's like I don't know. It Montreal is just a team that I I don't think anybody would have seen this kind of decline quickly and now uh, you know. But I don't know. I the All Star good, good for Nick, Nick Suzuki. He'll be in the All Star. You know, he'll get to uh, you know playing. Where is it this year? I didn't Vegas. even really follow it. Vegas? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think my pick there would be Lekkonen. I think he's actually having a really good season. Contract yeah. year, isn't it? Didn't he sign a one-year contract this summer? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me take a look on a friendly cap. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did sign a one-year contract, and he is a uh, 26-year-old left wing. So he's going to be a UFA? Yep. He will, no, expiry status RFA. Okay. So yeah, he's so in RFA still. one year. That's a buyout candidate, or that's an offer sheet candidate right there. Yeah, but there were a couple watch other. Someone, watch the team <laughs> will Carolina sheet. do it again? I know. Will, I Carolina, mean, will Carolina offer sheet Arteri Lekkonen? 
Yeah, I, I also didn't know when, because we've been, you know, we, we love our Selkie caliber players, and I didn't know Canadians fans call him Lek the Sneck. <laughs> what? It's a little, it's a little Se- nickname. Several people on Twitter were calling him Lek, right? Lek the Sneck, like the snake, like Jake the Snake. Yeah. And never mind. It was, okay, Sean well, isn't really not getting this Sean, one. Yeah, not it's getting it. It's just a it. bad pun, Sean. Very anyway, done pun. Yes, it was... Don't worry about it. <laughs> just just ignore that I said that. Anyway, but also, I guess we're moving on to all star yeah. rosters. I don't know. Do people? I I feel like the sentiment uh, among a lot of people is that it's kind of like the all star game is like whatever because a lot of players don't want to go, and every team needs to have a player. So it's really not even like a collection of the best players necessarily in the league because like there were several players like like uh, um, I don't know what's a good example like. Uh, like Hellebuck, Marshan. Yeah, yeah, that's. Marchand. I mean, Marshan, like Kadri too, is having a really good year, and he wasn't. He didn't, you know, get selected. But I mean, like the Avalanche, right? Like the best teams yeah. in the league should have like four players, and then the worst teams should have like none. I mean, well, if you're was... looking at who, you know, I mean, I don't know. I had to take it. I well, you know, Nate McKinnon said this. He agreed with me about how it's what is it a participation trophy? Like you know, get like each team because they're in the league. Like I don't know. It's just well, kind of funny. Like that's the point of the event the the event the all-star game is not exactly to pick out the best players in the league like it's a marketing tool for the league. i know but so, so my question it, is cause, that's that's the whole point is to have yeah, participation across the league with the best the players end on of, each team yeah but at the end of each at the end of a player's career don't they like cite how many all-star appearances they made well, that's stupid yeah. Well, so why do why even care then? Why do they do? Why do the media? Why does media do say? Oh, they won two cups and they were a three time All Star. Why? I don't know. I don't understand. If it doesn't matter, just to then throw why, around random random <laughs> random stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess that's how we value players' careers is how how good the teams they played for were and unless they're how much too good the, and then yeah. they miss the All Star game because and then if they played for the Leafs. That's like, yeah, <laughs> least legend, and they won two cups. Bam, Hall of Fame, All-Star game. Well, I think everything's changing now. Like, the NHL is not very good at marketing, period, but, like, they're getting better, right? Yeah. Like, before, well, actually, they still would have every team, but it was, like, less of a marketing thing, and they tried to have, like, actual, like, five-on-five five games, and so you'd have a roster of 20, or, yeah. no, they added a roster of 23 i don't know maybe i was but because they would have like three goalies like a goalie would do each period or something yeah so you could have more you could have more players on the same team but like now that they've gone down to three on three like you can't really do that yeah Yeah. well the the other thing i think that the best part of the all-star game is all is like the uh is it the day before when they have all the events? Yeah, the skills competition. The skills competition. Where the are players easily... are getting drunk is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, anything that's enjoyable. Well, was, I saw somebody mention the breakaway challenge. Do you remember what that was? Yeah. Well, the breakaway challenge back in the day, or like. Well, like, somebody was back like, in the need... day. It used to be a show, and Alex Ovechkin especially would just would be really fun with it. What is the breakaway challenge? Like you just. Well, now it's like everybody takes a takes a breakaway and that's stupid but like it used to be like you would do like basically like these like trick shots yeah but that's anyway that's that's all of my and i i think they should really like up up the level of ridiculousness in those skill those skill games so that they're like you know um like add ramps and stuff like put goals up in the uh you know in the (laughs) seats (laughs) i think i think instead of like um 
instead of like your traditional all-star game, it should be like a pro-am type thing with celebrities. Yeah. Like just yeah. mix a team. Like you always have to have two celebrities. You could go back to five on five if you wanted to, but you could do three on three and you always have to have a celebrity on the ice at a time. And then you have like two NHLers. I mean, that was, it was funny when Bieber was at the all-star game. I did think that was pretty Well, they funny. do a celebrity game and like the NBA yeah. does that, but like mix them together. I think yeah. that would be terrific. But just so I watching did celebs get people, decked. People yeah. would t- you'd get so many more people tuning in. Like, oh, absolutely. Because you have people from outside of the NHL that would probably tune in for things. Like especially like K pop. So I don't know if you're if you follow any of this. I think it was like Bam Bam, I could be mistaken. Um posted like, like a of... picture what? Oh, yeah. I mean like, we we kind. I mean, I don't really follow K-pop. For, for those I, who don't well, follow K-pop, I don't K-pop. follow K-pop. But is like, Bam Bam a group? They're a K-pop group. Yeah, no, I think it's a person. Bam Bam. Oh, is it a person? Oh man, we are really gonna say. I don't follow. Oh, I don't yeah. follow <laughs> K-pop. I don't follow K-pop. Yeah. No, Sean K-pop. brought it up. It's Sean's fault. He knows this isn't our wheelhouse. So, <laughs> I think it was Bam Bam. Bam. Let me search Bam Bam Steph Curry real quick. Yeah, yeah. So it's Bam Bam. Uh, let me just get this. Yeah. So. Bam Bam like tweeted out a picture in a Golden State Warriors jersey and Steph commented like something like uh let me just find the tweet. I'll just pull it up whenever my computer loads it. All right, dead Give air. A second. Josh, how you I doing? <laughs> so so Steph so Steph tweeted back to him. Thank you Bam Bam, welcome to Dub Nation, hashtag Dub Nation. And immediately like Steph just got swarmed with all-star votes and basically everybody on golden state warriors and so i think like (laughs) the next morning steph had like 2.2 million votes for the all-star game and like the next most votes is like seven hundred thousand or something (laughs) like just ridiculously isn't that like like the 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 like the TikTok army like the K-pop armies on TikTok or whatever isn't that it's kind the, of same, like the same yeah thing? it's it's basically yeah. the same thing like they have a huge following like if you had like a TikTok uh, uh, a uh, K-pop star come and play at the All Star game the amount of media attention to that like from around the world especially in like you know the Asian market which is I think a place for growth for the NHL yeah absolutely I, I think that would just the All Star game is just a media advertisement yeah. like so just like go all in on that like that's my comment just i, I mean the participation thing have your best few players and then bring in celebrities yeah i mean it's definitely i mean it's essentially it's uh it's kind of a similar thing right with like zem zem is it yeah, zemgis gergensen's who a couple well, years latvian, ago latvian latvia basically all of latvia voted him into the all-star game yeah which i really thought was amazing yeah but, but it's a little different but i'm not i mean i'm not a marketing expert i don't really know how any of this works but i you know i would i i could i could get behind that they yeah. and they never accepted like the troll like they got rid of it they purposely got rid of this whole thing like because then i think it was after gergensen's like uh, yeah. they trolled with John Scott like once people realized this could be yep. a thing and then they did everything in their power to make sure that John Scott couldn't yeah. go to the game because Even like that was extremely fun and it was got a whole bunch of press and I, I saw it on a whole bunch of different sites didn't it's he like, score on Dubnik I think too, he was the all-star MVP <laughs> yeah he was the MVP. MVP that was yeah. so much fun I that was a yeah you know and it's I like don't... John Scott like very much not a fan of John Scott but it's like that was like a fun thing, like just yeah, just 
go all in onto the fact that this game doesn't matter and like make the most out of it. Yeah. So no, uh, I I think that's I I complete. I think we're all three of us completely in agreement that that would be great. But I mean, it's something that the NHL probably would never do. I think that you know what they they here's a good get, here's a good marketing idea. They should they should bring only the leaders in evolving hockey gar to the All Star game. <laughs> That's what I think they should do, and then make them, yeah, and like Josh was saying, make goalies play forwards, yeah, and make you know defensemen play goalie. Well, so this is what I was saying is that when I was going through silly. quickly oh, doing hexagonal all- hockey, Luke, would you quit interrupting? You've been interrupting me all all podcast. Uh, no, I, okay, all right. Now that I have the space to talk here, no, I'm I'm just uh, just listen to me, Luke. I'm listening. Uh, speak. Uh. No, that was I was putting together like some like all star uh, rosters for each division based on like kind of the stuff on our site, and I was just having trouble getting the right number of defensemen most of the time, um, and I just thought, well, and in several like I said, the Metro has like three or four goalies that I think are probably the best on their team among all skaters. So it's like, well, if you actually just went by that and you had goalies, you had four goalies in a division, and say you had only only forwards in in the Atlantic or something. Just you know, or or you could also do something where you just bring in the normal number and then have them switch, like uh, on purpose, so that they actually have to play in the game that way. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I do. I I like it. But the NHL is not marketing. The NHL's too scared. To yeah, they're too scared. You know? They won't. Yeah, they won't listen to our cra- our amazing ideas. They're too scared. <laughs> they have to like remove fan voting. And but now yeah, it's like sanctioned so that only the I right place. I, I want to say based on our stuff, probably the most. Who was, was the biggest snub? Oh, the I didn't really look at snubs. It was more like who. Oh, I guess it, this would be who. I don't actually have the full rosters up. Did Evan Rodriguez make it? No, because that's the biggest snub. I think <laughs> <laughs> Evan Rodriguez I mean, it did probably be- is like even like yeah no he's scoring right so did yeah. did Pavelski make it for Dallas? Yeah. Okay. Pavelski made it over Jason Robertson. Okay. I think Sean they, was mad about that. They maybe both should be in there. Yeah. Um, the Islanders. Oh, Troy Terry's not in there. Yeah, it was Zegers yeah. and Terry didn't make it, I don't think. Right? No. I mean, I don't know what why. What about Manchiapani? Uh, I don't think. I mean, that would be a snub. I think he's kind of cooled Mark, off a little didn't bit, though. Did Markstrom make it or no? Yeah, Markstrom did. But, I mean, me... the Flames should at least have two representatives. Also, no, how Goudreau, is Cam... Goudreau made it. How is Cam Talbot the goalie over okay. Hellebuck? <laughs> I just do not understand. Maybe Hellebuck didn't want to go. Like, I don't know if that was the case. But anyway, to put a pin and finish up this all-star talk is that if the league, if it's supposed to be just this, it doesn't matter who the best players are. It's just for fun and for marketing. Well, then they shouldn't, you know, credit people's number of all-star appearances at the end of the career because that's not, that's how I feel. I don't know if other people felt that way. I just was like, hold on. It was like when I read about the Hall of Fame, and it was like... <laughs> Luke, Luke can't get over the, the Hall of Fame. It's like 18 people who choose it in secret, and they're like, this is how it is. <laughs> but anyway. Well, maybe, maybe you could start the Evolving Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. Evolving Hockey Every year, you take Hall a retired player that's in the Evolving Hockey database. Man, and I wish we had older I do four players data. and just... And just start making evolving hockey hall of fame. Yeah, maybe but, we could we could eventually get a charity game where we invite players uh, that are in our uh, you know in that our, are in our, the most underappreciated. Yeah, of historical Chushkin, yeah. <laughs> Arturi Lankanen. I I actually I really wonder if if he knows about you guys. I 
I mean, I really do. I, like, who, who, I wonder. He doesn't follow us on Twitter, but I really do wonder if he knows. Like, there's just these two random twins, <laughs> the biggest in Minnesota fans. that are his biggest fans. His biggest fans. Well, it must be. I would think, and and we've had this completely. Like other people have told us, they've heard about the dry side on the Shushkin thing from years ago. From like, they had no clue who we were. It's just that there's still so many people who joke about it. Um, and respond to tweets that have nothing to do with us, that are just about Dry Sidle or Nachushkin, that are related to that. And people have to, we then explain, or somebody else explains and like tells us about it. I remember it's it got of, on, it got on like chicklets too. Like it became like, yeah, it did was it like really? a huge, huge thing. I yeah, don't do remember, remember that. Do you not remember that? I, I no, specifically I remember, remember, I bothered to like listen to, to that to find out like where it was said. I think someone in Hockey Graphs chat like said that it was on there. And then. So I like I went through and and listened for it, and I just I specifically remember that was the Bruins um, Lightning game. Like I was coming into the Garden, um, that was the Bruins Lightning game in like March. Oh, actually maybe it was the Canucks game. Maybe I I don't remember the game exactly, but I remember I was in a TD Garden parking garage, and heard that that was like pre-pandemic, and it's still a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's older yeah, no, than, it was... and then the pandemic. If you are tired of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think it no, was it a little was, bit more serious but yes it was it was like february 2020 i think or like mm, it, march it, or it was i thought january. it was march i thought it was, yeah. it was, it was like right in february yeah it was right before i yeah. remember this because we were we were on this was right before the pandemic shut everything down the nhl and nba um postponed their seasons we had been on a ski trip that weekend before and we were telling our friends about this because we were kind of starting to get um, well, I was like worried that like we had these weird DMs we were yeah, getting people. It, it was, was like it started with like it was mentioned on an AM show in Edmonton. Yeah, it got on it got on Edmonton Sports Radio, and then that's where it really that's where it really picked up. And then a lot of Edmonton fans got really really angry at us. And for the uh, record, people still think that we had Nachushkin as the number one our number one pick for heart that year which is like not was not even close to no. what it was it was that's but that's just what it's it, it's like a it's a it's a version of telephone where three years later or two years later whatever people just yeah we get people responding didn't you guys say nachushkin should have won the heart over dry <laughs> it's like weren't you the ones who said that it's like no that's not what it doesn't it doesn't matter you know, Luke, I, we haven't it doesn't had, matter because valerian no. nachushkin is really good he is really good and he's been I really is. good and the Avalanche protected him in the expansion draft. Yeah. So if you think he's not good, isn't he up for a contract you know, this year? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think he is. We haven't, but Luke, we haven't. We got to get back on maybe the the get another spicy take out there. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really had that. That was but... my my attempt with the Rem Pitlick. <laughs> take. No, that was no. no was it so maybe, maybe after the break we'll talk about um, one of your aging takes that I think is aging well. Uh, uh, like, we we have a couple uh, maybe not well that are all there's the, <laughs> what, we have, Mike Riley there's a couple of these that you could bring <laughs> up right now that because we've had some people about a specific player that some of our takes are not aging well at all yeah uh, right now so I don't know if you want to uh, well that was Miko Rantanen you are, I'm trying to set up a nice segue yeah I know in, but in we can talk about here, Luke and you're spoiling this <laughs> <laughs> well here let's save it for the let's save it for after the break all right what maybe Sean does Sean do you have a list of all of our our bad you, and good you, opinions. You, yeah, you have a no, notebook. Yeah. No, there's too many to count. But I guess uh, maybe our sponsor will, will tell us about it uh, okay. while we're at break.
The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus, skater contract projections, visualizations, charts, and much more. Visit evolving-hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. If you remember back in the day, while you were also saying, you know, your nutrition stuff or whatever, (laughs) one of your original hot takes, do I have the players correct here benino versus kane the benino yeah at for that specific season was having a better season than patrick kane uh yeah. yes let me see if i can find the tweet you mentioned that this. people got real mad about that one. Oh yeah that was a. Uh, um where is it it's twitter search is so terrible um, because I, yesterday i uh i searched or i actually put out the guard leaders ex-guard leaders and what I call laggers, at least, I don't know. Uh, the ones at the bottom of the guard and ex-guard leaderboards as well. And yeah. uh, I noticed Patrick Kane down there. Yeah. He's having a very rough season. Well, and so low-key, Patrick Kane has not been very good for, like, four seasons. Like Right. But and- this, this season's, like, almost like... Before, he had an offensive utility. And this year, specifically, he's he hasn't been as bad defensively. But offensively, he's been in quite the rut. Yeah, well, and some of it I yeah. think is poor shooting luck. Um, yeah, I, I think that Kane has always been one of those player types that is kind of like I've always thought of as like the Phil Kessel type model, which is basically like a bunch of goals and then also just a ton of shots, you know, uh, chances against. It's kind of like McDavid's kind of like that, except more on a different end. Drysaddle's like that. Ovechkin is kind of like that every so often. Um, uh, but yeah, the that. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's one of the 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 like Benino. He was on the Wild for I think a year. Was it just a year? Maybe two years. And then the Sharks signed him this year, right? And he's been doing exactly what he's been doing for the last couple of years, just being really good defensively, as kind of in a role like a bottom six type role. I think I may I don't think they have him on the like top two lines, do they? In San Jose, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I would. I would. But think yeah, we not. have. So we have over the last three seasons. <laughs> And this is, you know, from our GAR model, we have uh, Nick Benino at 8.4 standing points above replacement, and we have Patrick Kane at 4 standing points above <laughs> replacement. Yes. So, uh, yeah, um, he Patrick Kane, yeah, he used to be very good um, and not so much anymore. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I found the tweet, which is what Sean was referencing, which we tweeted. This is It almost feels like I was – eight years younger or something but it was december 30th 2019 i tweeted uh, i know it's spicy and a lot of people don't want to hear it but nick benino is 100 percent having a better season so far than patrick kane is and, and the thing is at that time was very spicy right <laughs> yeah because because the season before he had 4.7 spar um and then well Who, the, kane? a couple kane? seasons before that yeah kane couple of seasons before that weren't that great. And the season before that, I mean, he had 7.4 spar, 10 yeah. X bar. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, that wasn't too far off of his peak. Like, at one point, like, Patrick no. Kane was, without doubt, one of the best in the league. But, yeah, like, this year, this year and last year, he, below replacement in terms of X bar, he's down. Um, yeah. 
at like the bottom of the he's 17th worst in terms of x bar right now and a lot of that's because he hasn't been shooting like he used to as well he's shooting 7.3 percent all situations and yeah last year he shot 7.9 percent he's a career 11.7 percent shooter uh with that so he's like way below what he yeah traditionally and, had been and our x bar x bar model he's been a below replacement level player overall for the last three seasons yes. and in total and it's just like yeah i don't know it's it's kind of weird with these like i mean the shooting components like it's it's just um <laughs> there's some like things that happen with shooting in the nhl that i'm not quite like sure it, it's just some sometimes kind of just isn't really make sense but yeah Kane has not been good for like three years in a row now and he is atrocious defensively um which is one of the biggest reasons why we were kind of I think initially the take at the time with Benino and Kane is that this is something I it's a little pet peeve which is kind of one of the reasons like that I think motivates us to kind of make these models is that skater defense is a thing a lot of people like to say it's not but it is and players can be just atrocious defensively and incredible offensively and kind of end up being netting on like an average type, which is like not what traditionally people are accustomed to seeing. Um, and that's just kind of something with Benino is like he's a super undervalued player or he was and nobody really. I mean, you know, there was the whole Benino, Benino, Benino thing went back in the playoffs, right? When he was with the, pre- uh, with the Penguins, right? Um, and he in the playoffs and uh it's you know another side on a side note. Nino is there are two players with <laughs> Nino in their name, and one of them is Benino, and one of them is Nino Niederreiter. I used to whenever I was checking model outputs, I would always just type in Nino <laughs> dot n, but I have to you have to add the it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying that Sean is covering his face. At I know. This, at this. I'm just saying it's one of those like AJ Greer situations with the data work Luke's, where too, Luke's in the he's in the data all the yeah, time. I, that's yeah that's what's his brain yeah, is I'm just wired into the data looking at it but it, it does I mean yes Patrick Kane I it's almost like a little bit feels like yesterday's news for me anyway because it's like yeah I know Patrick Kane isn't very good anymore now obviously the he still has a reputation as one of the best players in the league but I don't think it's been really warranted for four years or three years maybe but it is funny it brings me an idea Sean you talk and we were talking about takes at the end of last segment about because, yeah, we were kind of right, I guess. we. I'll take that W for the Benino take. But we, this season— I think we, people would still disagree with us on yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. But they course. would be wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> no, this season, on the flip side, we had a take about— I think it was around the same time. It wasn't really a take. It was just like um, talking about how Miko Rantanen was not as good as a lot of people seem to think he was. Uh, when did you say this? I think it was like the it end was of like, 18-19. It was, so like it was like May, three of, years ago. May of 2019. Um, yeah. I mean, he was still good. My point was a lot of people at the time were treating him like he was a top five player in the league. And and he was about to be paid a huge, con- you know, because I think it was on his contract year, whenever it was. Um, and I think at the time that makes sense. But then since then, he's been really, really good. And we've had uh, several people going back in our old replies and old tweets and just saying, what do you think about Randon now? I think at the time we said we'd take... Like something on the wild it, now in hindsight. I'm just saying this just because <laughs> I want people to understand. Like Sean didn't just lead this segment off just to like make us look cool, you know, make us look like <laughs> we're always right because we're not always right. No, more more often than not, we're right. I, but my I like one think. of my original takes was the the Mike Riley. Well, hold is on, coming I'll, I'll back let you, anyway. I'll, that's a different. Yeah, I'll let you get to that, Luke, because I think that's fu- a funny story too. But um, 
when we made that tweet, I think somebody like Avalanche fans were asking, like, you think who who on the Wild is better? And I we said Spurgeon, which I actually still think at the time was true, or at least from a compare compare uh, comparison between forward defense and all that stuff. But but we also said Zucker. We take Zucker over Rantanen, which in hindsight looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Rantanen has been really really good in the last couple of years. I actually well, don't Zucker think there was, was Zucker was yeah. really good, and then when he went to the Penguins, it just tanked. I don't know what happened, but like it's this thing with player projections is that. They can, you know, you see this go either way, and that's a that's a uh, that's two examples of us being wrong in both directions with Rantanen just to the moon and Zucker just down, yeah, way down. It's just it's tough to really predict these things. I I, I would say at the at the levels that it, there's also Twitter removes a lot of nuance from the conversation, and we we've tried to get better at this. A couple years ago, we weren't very good about it, and we were very absolute. <laughs> and I think that some of the reasons that um, some we haven't maybe had as many spicy opinions lately is that we've tried to work on this phrasing sometimes in the way that we frame yeah. things. But that was a, a take that is not aged well because Rantanen is, I don't know, he's like he's heart been, level good this year. Yeah. Like I think he's top five. I mean, oh, I don't yeah, know. I think, I think right now the last I looked, he would have been um, like in, third in, in heart contention. Yeah. Um, like at, for at us least, by our rankings. Yeah. But I was, I was curious, Sean, um, like if you've had any, any takes that were either good or bad when you were like younger. Like, because th- these are things that we were making when we were working with data. We had all our models. We had a lot of information. But I also there was times like when I wasn't really doing a lot of this stuff. I was just a hockey fan, just watching, looking at some stats and stuff here and there. But we had a few takes that I remember, and I learned from those opinions after we started to do a lot more of this kind of um, statistical work or whatever data work or whatever you want to say. Um, one of those being our old Mike Riley takes, which we can get to. But I was curious, Sean, if you have any that you're like, oh, that's. I was really right on that, or I was really wrong on that, um, or maybe you just have always been right. <laughs> I think I, I I have had like a lot of right takes, but I only like remember my really bad ones. You know, how, like it's kind of like a meme, like oh, I could fix him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. It's like I've always fallen in love <laughs> with step forwards with Danton Heinen. Like, oh, Danton's good though. Yeah, Look I know. With yeah. The Penguins. Yeah, I know. This is why yeah. we all get along. It's because we appreciate our depth forwards. Oh yeah, and we think that they are valuable. And and the, yeah, the when no hockey. one else does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? I think um, so. One of them that was a couple of depth forwards that like have like left the planet, but um, like I really believed in at the time before. Were like, uh, let's see, Austin Zarnak. Oh, that's, and, a, that's yeah. a name I haven't heard in a long <laughs> And um, Nick Shore. Nick Shore was, Nick like, Shea. really good in the passing data. Um, yeah, like, I just have always had a habit of falling in love with, like, uh, depth players. And, and, like, they might leave the planet. But, like, you never – there's some, like, sense of dissatisfaction with the depth depth players – because like if they don't get their opportunities, then like you kind of feel like you never really saw it through. Yeah, you know, well, it's yeah, just like a, it's like a really bad relationship. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's it's you didn't the you didn't get to see it. Yeah, all the way through. Like I would say another a player for us when we were like younger Wild fans was Justin Fontaine, who was like he was really good. I mean, he was like for a depth player, and he was like you know he wasn't paid hardly anything i think he was close to league minimum and he was really solid for the wild and then i think he went to the rangers and then he just left the nhl after that and it's kind of like well i think that if he was given a shot he 
potentially could have had, you know, provided any additional value. But I, I, I agree with kind of your take on uh, on depth forwards and not, you know, sometimes, you know, but it's good that, you know, Nachushkin is getting a shot in Colorado, <laughs> you know, but they got a bunch of like, <laughs> that's the funny thing is that like, I think that you can really optimize um, rosters by identifying undervalued depth players uh, in the NHL, because if you're a good team, you're going to have to give out some big contracts up top. Well, I think you know, I think Colorado is easily like maybe one of the best. Like they've done the best at that in the league the last couple of years. I mean, I'm trying to think of another player, another team that has made. Well, it's kind of like the Lightning. Yeah, but the I Lightning guess they've too. gotten they've gotten a lot of excess value. Their drafts on their, too. Yeah, like they've gotten a lot. Well, on their top of, end players though, they've kind of well. And Colorado got really lucky if, with that McKinnon contract. But what about? Uh, I think the opto the the best one was uh, for Hagee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Florida, where like he was really a nothing, and like he's turned into something. Or Vegas yeah. has done it. It's like the teams yeah. that play fast. Yeah. So maybe that's like maybe that's the key. Carolina does it really well. Like these like kind of fast like four checky teams. Yeah. Yeah. Those or like um really. But also like Colorado with like Taves, right? They got him from the Islanders when he was like, and he's now he's been one of the better defensemen in the league for a couple years now. But um, he was even good on the Islanders. Yeah, he was. But I'm yeah, but I'm saying that like he also was <laughs> undervalued. I think on the Islanders and like they clearly identified that. So that's still one of the things is like, yeah, analytics or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's definitely progressed. There's a lot of stuff going on, but it's still pretty clear that like one of the best ways in, that you can um, have a, gain, gain an edge over to the competition in the league is just essentially to identify undervalued players and add them to your team. I think yeah. that's just still the tried and true best way, you know, and all also obviously the draft is very important and getting players, um, you know, like in, in that situation, like you can really screw up your team if you don't draft well. But I also think you need to also be uh, like one of the easiest ways, I think, is just to identify free agents or even trade targets that are undervalued that are could really add stuff, which I think Colorado's just done really, really well. Yeah. Speaking of Colorado and Randon, I mean, they have gone on a tear since starting out. Like, you know, we had them projected at like 120 points to end the season at the start of the season. And then they came back. They came down, and I think they. I saw they started like four, five, and one, and they've been like twenty-three and two since then, or something. And it's just like, yeah, people were calling our our take of uh, Colorado with one hundred twenty points kind of nuts. But I mean, I think that team is just they've been insanely good recently, and they've just been, um, yeah, they've been. Our model's been spitting out some very, very high probabilities. As well, they played the uh, the Coyotes two games in a row. And uh, <laughs> they almost lost one of them, which yeah. was really funny. Well, that was we tweeted. I think that at least the first game that they almost lost was our highest probability, like predicted win, uh, winning percentage for or, or game probability for a team. And I think it was like a little under eighty-two percent, maybe eighty-one point five. Oddly, it was funny. Luke Luke corrected this, but we had uh, in our. If, if people are familiar on the site, evolving-hockey.com, uh, under the uh, um, tools and team projections, you can go look at game probabilities. And we have, like, ranks for forwards and defensemen and goalies and then, like, prior rolling shot metrics and those things. And enlisted Arizona had the, the 33rd best forward group, uh, which among 32 teams yeah. ended up, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I up. Which was really funny because, uh, yeah, I mean – they it, it just was funny to say because Arizona is absolutely terrible, like the Canadians. Yeah, and, but but did, everyone we... thought they were going to be bad. And uh, what, Sean, what were you, what are you saying? What are you going to say? So I actually have I have a take. It might still be alive. That's very <laughs> me. I just remembered this. <laughs> so this is younger me and like also like pre analytics. I think as well. Yeah. Um, 
I definitely thought at the time that they were drafted that Eichel was better than McDavid. Ooh. And yeah. I'm not so sure that that's not true. Ooh. Um, or that that necessarily won't be true. So we'll see. Like, I think Eichel will win a cup first if McDavid ever wins a cup. I think Eichel's got a better shot at winning a cup first. Yeah. Um, Potentially, although the Knights are getting older and uh, they've kind of come down a step a little bit. But Petrangelo has taken a huge step back this season. Yeah, but I think you're underestimating, like, I mean, the yeah, impact but, that Jack Eichel could have here. Oh, no. I Yeah, but I mean. I, the other thing, Sean, is I remember, I mean, that was at the time, and there's still people who I think who kind of hold that, well, not as much, obviously, because it's hard to throw any criticism at McDavid and not come off as just sounding by mo- like to most people like you're kind on of on ice criticism on ice criticism uh against McDavid and his just production but um that's still like a thing I think that uh really because Eichel was in Buffalo for so long that I do feel like we haven't really seen full and who knows what he's still I think he, he has he, he hasn't played yet this year no he's been practicing but he's been close like I've been working on injuries and he's been a couple days out for the last like two weeks <laughs> or three weeks and now it seems like it's going to be a little longer but yeah I guess that is still you still are uh that's a that's a long-term projection that you just get to kind of hold on to shot yeah. and just hope that eventually it hits right <laughs> I mean I don't I think at the time that uh Eichel ended up getting kind of injured like after the bubble people were starting to finally question whether or not McDavid's the best in the league and I mean that wasn't the case right um to begin with but i think like they're starting to put like more people over him like this is like Braden point was coming out um elias Patterson at the time as well like it was just starting to become like a hot thing and um like people were sort of keeping around the top five but it was starting to become a hot thing and i think last year in the canadian division um he kind of like sort of in the media at least like put himself back as number one for whatever reason and um but i mean i i think eichel people had overlooked his heart season that he didn't actually win the heart uh when dry saddle won the heart and uh when the chushkin didn't win it right when the chushkin didn't win it (laughs) but i think like Eichel was like kind of late to kind of peak. I'm not sure if we've seen that peak. And oh, like it's very like unsatisfying that I don't think we've we've seen the best of Jack Eichel yet. He was on the upswing. If you look at yeah. if you look at the guard charts, oh, yeah. it's like a yeah, straight oh yeah, he up was line, and then last year, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. And he, it's a very consistent. I will say we were originally his first year in the NHL was not particularly great, but that then he's really rebounded. Or well, I I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, Luke, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, well, he was on Buffalo. It's like yeah. that's the thing is like I don't know. It would be really interesting to see if McDavid's like um, lack of defensive abilities translated how they would translate on not playing in the weird structure of the Oilers. Like I don't know, the Oilers have just been so top heavy in terms of their team construction. It's just it's really hard to like <laughs> know what. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, it would have been fun to see him in the Olympics, although well, I, that's a little yeah. different because I, I the think competition's it's kinda, all I think over it's comparable place. to, like, Ovechkin on the Capitals, I, I think, to, in a, to an extent. for Because for all of, at least the last five or six years, now this year, actually, Ovechkin's been kind of only a little bad defensively, I would say. Like, he's historically, Ovechkin was, like, one of the worst defensive forwards in the league um, over the last, like, maybe, say, five years or seven years. But the Cap- Capitals kind of had that defense on that that kind of protected that a little bit in a way. Um, but anyway, back to Eichel, I think that it's, it's, he's still very much 
in like he's 25 right now so he's basically still like prime years i i think at least for a, a couple well, i mean kind of getting technically probably kind of towards the end of the prime years maybe another year or two um but i also think like it's there's a lot of uncertainty with the injury like that where he missed i mean a very long period of time and now he's on a new team in a new system all this stuff i don't know i'm sure he's skating and everything but i'm just excited to see him play with mark stone yeah yeah i wonder i'm just that's a that's a fun old take break up that stone line though are they isn't that like one of the um hasn't that been one of the best lines this year i'm kind of curious where he slots in on vegas yeah well let's take a look why don't we go over to evolvinghockey.com? I mean, we'll <laughs> see. I think I think finally, like this is like always an analytics take, and I feel like um, it hadn't really been a thing that's caught on around the league is like spreading out the talent. Yeah, yeah, and like some if you have two centers, like they'll spread it out, right? But like if you have like when you start throwing on wingers and everything, it's like a little bit different. The Bruins have started to do that, and I don't know if you saw, like, they've won, like, seven of, like, the last eight, and they have uh, their top line, so they put Pasternak down on the second line with Taylor Hall and Eric Halla is in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Craig Smith moved up to the first line, and that's, like, really been working. They finally, yeah. like, really got that going. Speaking of great, com- uh, a little little side note, that Craig Smith acquisition was... Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the Bruins have made some good moves. Yeah. Anyway, you know by the Gar and Xgar though, like he hasn't necessarily looked that great. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well that's see it's another instance of a of a of a analytical darling moving from the central division to the uh east coast. I don't know what division. Well, I can't the Atlantic, remember. The buddy. Atlantic division and uh and then this just, tanking this is just gonna keep being a bit where we just keep saying what team what yeah division, what division what eastern conference division see the central it? and the pacific makes sense to They're me easy but then atlantic and metro well, the the metro the metropolitan well like, is that like they couldn't really do exactly the divisions yeah the best, but the metropolitan for the most part stems from the metropolitan areas of New York and Philly. Yeah, and it's then, New like, England. The Atlantic it's it's like the New the, England. It's, the it's not New England. Josh. <laughs> That's not New England, buddy. That's the Mid Atlantic. No, they call joke. that region the Mid Atlantic. Yeah, it was a joke. Did you know that? It was a joke. Did you know that? Though? I did, did know, you that. know that. Yes. What, 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 yeah. I thought okay. it was. What, I just oh, was trying to get a rise out of Sean here. Yeah. Well, the tri-state would include yeah, Connecticut, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. I know. See, I. You know, I know about this. Also, we had someone comment that it's Tristan Jari. It's not a soft J. It's a hard J. So, yeah, you can tell we haven't been watching Penguins games. Uh, <laughs> what, is the peng- what does that have to do with anything? Well, because if we were watching the Penguins <laughs> games, then I would have heard an announcer say it, and we would have. You know, up. Pittsburgh's, like, way further out west, right? That's closer to Columbus. It's yeah, all, I know where Pittsburgh is. It's all is. over there. It's I had all a friend, I had there. I had a friend who lived in Pittsburgh for a long time. So, yes, yeah, I Luke, know where. Knows. Uh, where. What were we talking about before then? Uh, Sean was talking <laughs> about spreading out the de- uh, oh, yeah. depth. Yeah. Well, yeah, so it goes. What in the world is happening. It kind of. Why did they do that? Sean is. Oh, they, Sean, it's we're, going, we're going off the rails. Oh, the ref just pushed him over, Tabernacle. <laughs> Sean is watching some a football game. A football game. <laughs> so this is our podcast listeners might might have watched this. The the Cowboys, so they they were coming back. Uh, are they gonna? America's team, oh, like boy. the Minnesota Wild, are America's team. <laughs> Okay, so they might be given they might be giving the Cowboys some time back. And we got headphones and we're on this. But basically, um, Prescott ran, slid to the. No, nope, they're calling it the game. Slid, slid 
right to um he basically like ended up on like the 20 right and yeah. there's like seven seconds left bleh, seven seconds left the time is running and prescott goes to spike the ball and the ref comes through and just plows him like <laughs> just almost knocks him all the way over with three seconds left and by the time they set the ball it's zero zero left who knows if they would have properly been able to spike it but like just absolutely just <laughs> destroyed prescott to go to set the ball oh that's really well that's i have to silly. go watch that yeah uh, although this it has nothing to do with hockey sean yeah and this is going on live this yeah to be completely unrelated edited edited chopped out, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna edit this chopped out. out. quite the end yes quite the end. quite the end anyway back to what i was saying uh about spreading out talent is right now sean was saying that or sean and was saying interrupted himself. i was yeah. well we interrupted sean and then sean interrupted it's us fine. so it's yeah fine. we're back we're, to the, the we're, original we're collecting ourselves we're getting back to the task at hand uh at least this year so far on Vegas, the top two lines have been, um, in terms of time and ice together, have been Marshall Smith and Carlson, and then Stevenson, Stone, Pacioretty. Um, now, I think currently there's some, obviously, COVID issues in terms of like what the lineups are, but I'm kind of curious if they keep like Stevenson and Stone together, and then what, like, Carlson, Marceau, Smith together, and then like what? Where's I? I mean, like, do you think they're gonna slot a center? Like, the Eichel's gonna go on the top. Line. I know, but I'm He's... just kind of curious, like, what Vegas is gonna do when Eichel actually is in, fully in the lineup. Um, like, are they I mean, going? They'll to... figure something out. They have okay, a lot of good well, players. Yeah, that's that's an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like I really like that vibe from Vegas, like as a whole since they came into the league. It's like they just like figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I think Although... like Tampa kind of does this too. Yeah. yeah. I will say though the whole maybe not I mean well I think you could have it, it seemed they they kind of seemed like they didn't really learn the mistakes that a lot of teams make of signing a huge defenseman to who's slightly older to a very long contract cuz I think that Petrangelo contract is eventually going to look like kind of be hard um and I don't know if that was necessary for them but who knows I'm just saying that like well, that they can't wasn't. really that they it can't wasn't. really yeah it wasn't what it wasn't necessary, but like, oh yeah, yeah. Who kn- they'll probably eventually get rid of it, or he'll end up on like LTIR, and they'll like utilize that, or like something like yeah. that. Like, because that's been the thing. It's like just all these guys going on LTIR. Just yeah. have the guy if he has somewhat of a legitimate injury that he can sit out and essentially just retire. Then like have him sit on LTIR and just yeah, because Petrangelo has taken a a huge step back. This season he's 31 and he's got five more years at 8.8 million. Yeah, granted we were big. Oh yeah, no. So like this is kind. I'm not saying that like oh I didn't I we were we've always been saying this. Uh, No, I mean we there are definitely things we've said about how like that was a great like that was a signing that was it you know. But any time you sign a 30 plus year old defenseman to a long term contract that just never really works out. Yeah, unless it's Jared. He could be different. He could be different. You could fix him. Yeah. yeah. We, we <laughs> it's never it's never like a question of the current state of the player. It's always what's the future. Yeah. But you know, I think Vegas was just like, we'll just take that risk and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. And yeah. it might just destroy them and they'll end up being like one of the worst teams eventually. But yeah. well they're kind of right now they're in they're in a window and they're just gonna keep going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well that's definitely what it seems like. It's also like funny with the Bruins is like it just seems like they've been good forever. And maybe that's just because like I don't know, they've gotten like they made some really smart moves. Also, you know, specifically uh acquiring Mike Riley was no <laughs> you see his but, goal yesterday? I did. Did you watch the whole game? I'm pr- uh, like two periods of it, I think. Yeah, I think we caught the last two periods. He scored in the first period. It was filthy. 
Yeah, and that I think was I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, let me check out Mike Riley. No, we never really got back to Mike Riley, but that was another player that we both thought was going to be uh, very. We really liked Mike Riley on the Wild, and this is like his rookie season. His rookie season, and then he just was like basically replacement level for like. Yeah, he got sent down. Then he was with Ottawa, right? And then he went. Yeah. To, he went to Montreal. Uh, he went to Montreal, then yeah. he came back to Ottawa. Yeah. And then he got traded to the Bruins. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Or no, didn't they sign him? No, he got he, traded. He got traded to the Bruins okay. for like a fifth round pick, and then they signed him this summer. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that's was, one that, that, what Sean said. I mean, he's uh, not like in, he's not like an incredible, like top of the best defenseman in the league, but he's. He's solid. He's so good. He's, uh, yeah, solid. Yeah. And uh, we're just still waiting for Victor Mete to, to I know. come back around. And one uh, day, Victor, Victor <laughs> I really, Mete will. I really like Victor Mete because he wears the number ninety-eight. <laughs> That's my birth year, and I hit all my golf oh balls my ninety-eight. <laughs> Ooh, I get been... I get custom golf balls ninety-eight. I don't know what anyone. And I like. <laughs> what do you mean? I was custom? born in ninety-eight. I know that, which is absurd to me. Don't say that. Can you believe I'm twenty-four now? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I skated today for four hours. For four hours, I am sore. Yeah, like uh, the thing is, Micah. Micah says like you know, twenty four is like the peak for NHLers and whatever. Absolutely not. Two years ago, <laughs> I skated for four hours. I'm all right. Now that I'm twenty four and old, like I'm sore. <laughs> like it's just old. Not. Let me let me tell you, Sean. It doesn't get any better. No, we, uh, I know. I, so that's we, the sad part. We this uh, this last summer we played a, a wiffle ball game with a bunch of friends for like four hours and. I think it was like ten of us, and we played. I think, or maybe more. Um, and we had ghost runners, all this stuff. And I, every single person woke up the next day, and we're all like in our early thirties, and we're all we were. Every single person was just like didn't want to move, was laying down because we were at like a, a cabin for like a weekend, and it was just so funny because I remember we used to do this even when we were twenty four, and I didn't get as sore. So it's only going to get worse. I yeah. you think you're sore now. Wait another eight years. And then do that again. Yeah. And then, you know. <laughs> Man, skating for four hours, that's a long time. That is. It was a little bit spread out. I skated for an hour uh, previously by my by myself. I so, and I'm also wicked uh, New England-y as well. Cause like, I don't know what that means. So I woke up, I went, and I got a cold brew at Dunks. And then I went to skate on uh, a pond that I know of at, at a golf course. Uh, just by myself for like an hour and like this morning that's what i said about earlier offline about um like i just like to wake up in the i enjoy mornings yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I, like i go and i skate by myself and my cold brew half of it just freezes because it was like <laughs> oh yeah eight degrees there. fahrenheit you know yeah <laughs> and it's just it's a freezer outside yeah and my cold brew it doesn't matter that it was single digits and i was skating <laughs> i had a cold brew oh and, yeah i've done yeah oh i do that yeah. yeah, it's 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 not it's actually bad because I'm super addicted to like cold brew and I have to cut myself off from getting it even in the winter, um, even though we still kind of get it here and there. Uh, but I don't get Dunkin' Donuts because I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. There are also also aren't. Okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> don't think, no, we're gonna edit that out because no, Dun- we need Dunkin' Donuts to sponsor. They're not gonna sponsor yeah, us. I, they're gonna sponsor I think I'm gonna just go on the record right now and say that the, every time I've had Dunkin' Donuts, it's been pretty bad. Okay, see you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, are we gonna? But my second wh- coffee was a hot coffee, and I like drank half of it. And by the time I got back off the ice, and the next time, which I was on the ice for like three hours, it was like cold. Well, yeah. So it was nice. It was like a cold brew again. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. There I see. Go. But hold on. Where are we? Are we almost done here? Yeah, we just we kind of went off the rails. We are. We're very scattered. But I do want to talk about Kale the... McCarr. No. <laughs> no. 
but on the right track. So we had a couple of upsets this week with uh, Toronto. Yes. Well, Toronto purposely let uh, yeah. uh, Arizona win right, yeah. to get Montreal to the bottom of the league. <laughs> yes. And uh, Columbus upset Carolina. And so, Luke, I said, try to be of uh, <laughs> utility. And, try to be of use for once. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> and find what the biggest upsets of the year were. So yeah. you want to talk about like the top like uh, three to three to five upsets of the year? Yeah. So it's funny. I just kind of looked back at based what... on the game prediction model. I should, yeah. The I should the, also the game that. prediction model on evolving hockey this season so far. Um, looking at the um, predictions that we had before the game. Um, and then the uh, results of, you know, who won um, the largest upset, like the team that was most favored that lost um, was Florida at home versus Ottawa. Um, Ottawa beat them eight to two. And we had Florida as a 74 percent favorite. It was at home or was it in Ottawa? It was at Florida. Florida was the home team. So, yeah, we had <laughs> Florida as a 74.2 percent favorite and they lost. Um, the biggest upset, like the biggest probably, yeah. I mean, the ne- and then the next one was Buffalo beat Minnesota in Minnesota in the shootout. That And that was a uh, 73.8% favorite for Minnesota, and they lost. And then Buffalo beat Winnipeg. Uh, these are all on the same December 4th and December 6th, 16th. St- December 14th and 16th. Um, so who's upset the most teams? I guess just looking at the top, like Buffalo. It's not like Buffalo's in here. Just well, it's just going to be the bad teams. It's like there's um, four four instances of Arizona. Um, so that Toronto game that just happened that is the seventh biggest upset um, of the season so far. And Buffalo and Ottawa have the other um, the other. Yeah, top spots above that. I, I do have to say that the cumulative Corsi chart, shot chart for, <laughs> for that Toronto Arizona game was hilarious. Because what was it? Was it like two one? Was that the final score? Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was just absurd how where Toronto was just like, and it was all was it Vermelka or was it? I can't. I think it was Vermelka. No, right? it oh was it? Like yeah, it's Toronto, the Arizona goalie. If we're gonna be honest, like that was obviously a late game for me. And I just went to bed after the first. I was like, it's zero zero, but they're playing well enough. Like they're they're not gonna blow this. And uh I first of all I did not sleep well and maybe it was because in the background the Leafs were getting goalied. Like, <laughs> I get up at like twelve thirty and I look at my phone and <laughs> they've lost. <laughs> Or, well, I, actually, there was like 50 seconds left in the game, and I'm like, well, there, this is. Yeah, so I'm going back to. I'm trying to go back to bed. We're, we're going to have to note for all of us, sequence this better. I think we should do an upset recap that each week up at front instead of the very, very end of this podcast. Yeah, because like I said before, like <laughs> upsets are the most fun. Oh, thing yeah. Well, ever. we were watching the Arizona Colorado game on, was it last night or Friday night? Um, yeah, the first, night, the first one, the one that they went to overtime with. Um, and it was, I mean, like, that's, it's just, I think it's fun. It's funny. It's also like, you know, watching an underdog like that. It's just kind of fun. To, it's like, a, you know, fun to cheer for. Uh, well, you it's know. like the, it's like the Habs in the playoffs this past year. Like that yeah. was a, yeah. I think everybody really enjoyed that. Like we all know that the Habs were not very good at all, but <laughs> Carrie Price was like almost like prime Carrie Price again. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, especially, you know, like all that he was kind of going through and now he's, getting help for uh, whatever issues he's been having yeah um it was really nice for him to go into 
you know, to kind of take a break off of a, of a bang, if you will, because that was a really good goaltending performance by him in the playoffs. Yeah. And it was just like, I think everybody kind of enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Well, and I was just going to say, so, yeah, uh, Romelka had a, a goal saved above expected of 3.9, 3.88 in our uh, in that game against Toronto. So, yeah, the Leafs just got... Saved four goals. Yeah, he basically, they, the Leafs were expected to score about five, four, four, five goals, and they scored one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's uh, getting goalied. You know, sometimes it's just you can't do anything, you know. Kraken's fa- Kraken fans are very aware of that this yep. year. Flyers yep. fans are also very aware of that from past years. Yep. But um, yeah, so those are some upsets. We'll have to we'll have to check back in on that uh, periodically because it is kind of fun. And I think um, we do uh, the Buffalo Colorado game. I think is coming up at some point. Yeah, we which is the one we talked about before the season started. That I at, at least preseason projections were the, was going to be the biggest uh, probability. But I have a feeling that these Arizona Colorado games might. Ooh, be yeah. hard to beat. Like I'm not sure if we're, our model is going to go over 83 percent for a team. I think what on Buffalo. The Habs. Well, see, they have the, the Habs played. They, they on just have the road in Colorado. N- no, but they just historically, like the last two seasons or so, been better. Like their players have been better than they are this year. So the model is going to be more conservative in that case because it's not as sure that they're this bad. Which kind of makes sense if you think about it. I think that that's a yeah kind of simple. Where way to Arizona put it. has not and Buffalo have not been good for the last couple of years, and so yes, there are some in season things that we incorporate. I, I, I think Colorado Buffalo is going to be probably the biggest favorite of is the it a, season. It's a back to back too, isn't it? Yeah, I think there is a back to back going on there. I think our preseason model at the time this was like with the starting rosters. I think we had. Colorado. I think we may talked about this. I think Colorado is at about an eighty-six percent favorite over Buffalo yeah. with those rosters, and I think they're basically back to those rosters now. Like Colorado had a lot of injuries, which is probably why they started so slow. But then, yeah, I mean, it <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a funny one um, because yeah, it seems like some of these upsets. It's just in hockey. That's you know, that's just what you get. Is that's like, how it goes. That's how it goes. All right. Well, we'll look to that. I know you guys um, have plans, and we've been on for like an hour anyway. So, I guess we'll wrap it up for this week, and um, we'll get your upset alert <laughs> next <laughs> not yeah. next episode. Well, have, yeah, you were saying we'll have to do a Twitter bot or something. Yeah, maybe try we to can, make a Twitter bot for upsets. It. Maybe we can get some articles on the site. It's been a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still working on, you know, for all the Leafs fans who want my our write up on why Matthews is better than McDavid. Yeah, when are you going to release the X guard? The X guard uh, write up. I am um, a better guard. There's a lot say. of there's a lot of uh, uh, components and math that goes into it, and I am, but I've been tweeting this like that. I'm I'm trying to teach myself like this some of this stuff that I kind of like just in a way so I can explain it better in the write up, and it's been taking me. A long time. Luke's and been in uh, university. Again. Yes, yes. Lots of YouTube videos and Stack Overflow. Although answers. I don't think. Well, no, we should go. I was. Yes, I, we don't need it. We could ramble longer. <laughs> yeah, we, we could ramble to... longer, but we should cut it off. We'll here, keep so. rambling next episode. Yes. About this. Yes, we will always ramble on the Evolving Hockey Podcast. So, yes. uh, if you've made it to the end, thank you very much for listening. Comment, um, leave a review, tell us which pronunciations we messed up the best. We actually do. Uh, I, I do appreciate that, though. Yes, when people tell us if we're pronouncing something wrong, I do appreciate yeah. that. I, be, I think that's one of the reasons people listen to this, is just to listen to how bad we pronounce everything. <laughs> tell yeah. us when we're and wrong. Some of, the, right? some of the times I do it purposely, just because it's it's one of our things. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Well, th- thanks tune in so- next week to see what else we, <laughs> we mispronounce. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. 